0: Welcome to The Vision Lab Podcast, where we give a voice to the voiceless. I'm Ryan Cuffey alongside with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. Here in The Vision Lab, we put pen to pad and dive deep to uncover your passions and how you can arrive there. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. It's all about tapping into and becoming the best versions of ourselves through self-discovery, self-examination, and self-actualization. Hey mo who do we have on the show today
1: cuff today's guest is a native of new orleans louisiana he's been a cigar enthusiast for the past 10 years he is the owner of the lounge on the ave please welcome quentin wright to the vision lab podcast
2: thank you guys for having me today
1: thank you for coming on q we really appreciate it so uh i'm just come right out and ask you man
2: what is the lounge on the ave so the lounge on the ave it's a mobile premium Cigar and wine catering service, just like you have your food, or uh, they come out and set up food and cupcakes and cakes and desserts. You know, we do the same, but we just do it with cigars and wine. So any type of events, whether it's weddings, private parties, club organizations, sporting events, we come directly to the client so they can get that experience brought to them. Why the name, The Lounge on the Ave? Well, it's, it's, it's different. Uh, I decided basically I wanted to still give it a feel of the lounge, but just basically have it on the Ave. And when you think about the Ave, you think about streets. So why not have the lounge on the Ave? It comes directly to you versus having just a normal box, you know, box brand or something like that.
1: So we've talked offline about a lot of things and whatnot in regards to to getting this episode started. And, you know, obviously we've gone back and forth, you know, getting this scheduled out. But for those out there who are just hearing your voice for the first time or just hearing about, you know, the lounge on the Ave for the first time, what was the vision behind actually starting the lounge on the Ave?
2: well originally uh, i would say about five years ago i wanted to do the box traditional route um but it was it was beyond me you know as far as the investment because this is all financed by me so i wanted to come out and just do something different i wanted to do something that i loved and still have the opportunity to serve individuals that were either beginners or enthusiasts of the cigar world so if they were like me where they're limited on time maybe they just didn't want to sit in the lounge because they didn't feel comfortable because they didn't know enough about cigars or there and have a cigar lounge around them close enough to travel to so that's why i came up with this that's the vision behind it basically to make it convenient and then also offer an experience to those that want to get into the cigar
0: so q let me ask you this like did you have a background or familiarity with cigars growing up like how did you i mean you got this awesome plan that you put together uh, and really Correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of the the Uber Eats of the industry, if you will, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: And so did you have a background prior to all this, um, you know, this experience in cigars? Or like how did you learn so much about cigars?
2: Well, it's really just paying attention. Um, 21-22 was my first experience smoking my first cigar, and it wasn't a good one, just me was it, was, it Was
0: it a black and mild?
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't a black and mild. <laughs>
0: C- Cuff's first cigar was a wood tip, black and mild. No, it wasn't wood tip. It was a plastic tip. They didn't have wood
2: tip back then. No, I'm
0: sorry. But it was it was a black and mild. But anyways, yeah. So Went switch to switcher sweet though.
2: <laughs> I want to switch the Suite either. It was it was it it was it wasn't a, a pleasant experience for me. Right. So I didn't. I never forgot that. But as I got older, of course, you want to kind of do things different and going back to watching the older guys, the way that they dress, you know, the style that they had. And they would look just so smooth, drawing the smoke smoke in with their hats and shiny shoes. And I I respected that game. Yeah, so So, they they
0: were kind of debonair and classy. And
2: yeah, yeah. Kind of take it back 60s, 70s, you know. So what I would do is basically just go in. A lot of times I wouldn't even smoke a cigar. I would just go in for a conversation in a lounge. And I would just kind of pay attention to the movement how the um, the tobacconist or whoever was working at the the facility at that time would work with the customers, and I was like, okay, this is a good idea. But then you know, putting the money behind that and started adding things up. That's when I was like, okay, I definitely can't do this on my own. The lounge aspect of it, right,
0: right. And so let's talk about the. Would you call yourself a, a cigar aficionado? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the construct of the cigar from the binding, the filler um you know all the the different elements the different regions perhaps that they can come from can you talk to our visionaries that are cigar uh, enthusiasts that are looking to become a cigar enthusiast uh talk to them a little bit about like how these are made and what makes
2: each one unique and special okay so we'll, we'll take it back to the source um the different regions there's four top regions and there's a lot more but the four main ones will be nicaragua honduras uh dominican republic as well as cuba A lot of the seeds that you see in Honduras, Nicaragua, and Honduran were Cuban-based seeds. Um, There's a lot of brands out there that use, um, you know, the different types of seeds from there and they plant it in the saws, of course, they grow the plants. And then from there, you form a cigar. So a cigar is actually made up of three parts. There's the filler, there's the binder, and then there's going to be the wrapper. So the filler is what's immediately in the internal part of the cigar. The binder is what holds the filler together and a wrapper keeps it all basically for the look. Kind of like if you had tennis shoes, you draw like some fancy shoestrings on it or something like that. Um, what folks don't know is that it depends on the soil where that cigar comes from and whether it was sun grown or whether it was in some type of a friendly environment. A greenhouse, if you or will. A greenhouse, yep. Yeah, that gives it its flavor uh, and it determines what it's gonna be. So if you just took a plant and I'm, I'm using my hands like you guys can see me, but if you take a plant, The top of the plant is going to be the strongest part of the cigar because it's getting all of the energy from the sun. Then you have the bottom part of the plant, which is going to be more shaded. That means it's going to be a little bit lighter. So that's where you get your Connecticut and your Maduro wrappers from. So Maduro being darker, Connecticut being lighter because it's less shade. So the more potent a cigar is, meaning it's probably from the top of that plant versus the middle or the bottom of the plant.
1: I'm going to go straight ahead and just ask you, what are your favorites? You clearly know what you're talking about. So you've talked about the binder, the, like like Cuff said, the construction of a cigar. What are
2: your favorites? My favorites? Um, my, my go-to is going to be the Arturo uh, Fuente, um, the Maduro uh, Chateau. And then my second is going to have to be the Davidoff, just a regular Connecticut. Those are my like go-to right there.
1: Do your clients, and we're, and we're going to talk more about you know your client base, if you will. But do your clients have particular favorites or is it everything just? This- custom in regards to the 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 experience you provide for your clients
2: that's i thought that it would be similar but everybody has a different palette like for instance i did a party where everybody wanted sweet i did one where everybody wanted just full bodies nothing else so it just kind of depends on the client the event what they want and again that's what separates the lawn on the ave from your average place is that we're going to cater specifically to that event versus just bringing general product to them
0: so have you had an opportunity to go to any of these different regions, whether it be Cuba, uh, the Dominican, Nicaragua? Like, have you gone to any of these places? Because you know an awful lot about, you know, all these cigars. Like, where did you learn all this stuff?
2: It's basically self-taught. And, you know, I have not uh, gone to any of the regions yet. It's coming. Um, but just basically reading, studying. I mean, there's technology and so much information out there where you can get on YouTube and literally just come out with a PhD in a week or so if you really pay attention.
0: Man, I love your passion and, you know, how much thought you put into all of this. That's huge.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Moving forward, you told us offline about, you know, a party you recently did that you were kind of surprised
2: when you walked in. Can you tell us about that particular experience? Yes, I can. I mean, I can give limited info, but it was a, uh, it was a divorce party for a young lady. Um, I was expecting maybe 30, 20, 30 uh, people there. It ended up with a hundred. I I can't lie. It was very tense when I first got there. Hold on, time out, time out, time (laughs) out. A hundred, a hundred women for a divorce party? For a divorce party. I've never seen anyone as happier and it was family and friends there. I got, I got a couple of names and stuff, but it was amazing how they stuck tight to this young lady because of the guy, whatever it was. And now I can't say everything was true because I, I haven't heard his side. But at the end of the day, they enjoyed themselves. <laughs>
1: well, the, with a hundred people celebrating a divorce, did you have enough inventory
2: to cover that? I did not. That was a huge lesson for me. Um, typically what I'll do is I'll get a head count and I try to bring half of whatever the head count, maybe 20 more cigars just in case. Well, this particular one, I only had 50 cigars. So I was literally 50 cigars short. So I had to give out some bottles of wine to kind of compensate you know for the loss of the the cigars but it was a it was a huge lesson for me
0: so here we are it's when when was that party january ish
2: this one was mid-february
0: okay so mid-february you're rolling at this point because they really put you on blast on on social media and boom your your business explodes um how are you how did you handle all that like were you ready for that type of you know, level of success so quickly?
2: Yes, um, because what I do is control. So that means I get to make the schedule. So when someone calls and they ask, okay, are you available on this date? If I'm not available, I'm not available. You know, and I don't want to turn down a customer, but I don't want to come and have stuff, anything either. So there were some uh, events that I could not do on weekends, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I didn't have the inventory or maybe one of my servers wasn't available or something like that. So basically, I get to control my schedule on what I want to do and what I don't want to accept.
0: And how did you go about finding the each vendor or manufacturer for you know the different cigar brands that you represent, the different labels that you may use for the parties, um, vendors for you know wine or champagne, whatever it is that you're bringing. How did you go about building those relationships with the manufacturers and the and the distributors?
2: Yeah, and that's amazing because a lot of a lot of the vendors that I use found me. On social media, really? mainly IG Instagram. Um, I've, there's a guy, um, Frankie Cigars, who does some Dominican uh, cigars. I've had wine companies reach out to me. Uh, basically, it all started because I didn't really have pictures of my business. I would just have snapshots of me, maybe smoking a cigar or a cigar leaning on a glass, just for the look type of thing, right? Right. So when I finally put my presentation together, at my table, everybody saw what I did, and that's what really kind of triggered it. So I was, I won't say I was fully prepared, but I was ready but I didn't expect to be contacted like I did as far as all these folks reaching out all over the country and the world.
0: Take us behind the scenes on those conversations. What, what you've got a cigar uh, vendor that reaches out to you. What does that kind of look like?
2: Yeah, so the first thing is I love your your, your idea. Like I've never seen anything like this. They, they were calling it like a boutique setup, which I kind of stay away from that. But um, the fact that they've never seen anyone do mobile in the setup that I have brought their attention. So they was like, hey, thank you, know this is great. So what do you do for this? What do you do for that? So the first question, me being a business person, I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're trying to sell a product just like anyone else. What does your product taste like? What does it look like? Can you send me samples? If you can't send me samples, I can't do business with you because I have to know who you are and what you do. And uh, we didn't talk about this, but I'll say this. I lost over $1,000 because I gave people money and they took it on IG and ran with it. and Never heard from him again. So I've lost some money doing this too.
0: Now, how did that happen? You
2: Just being stupid. You
0: just gave them x
2: $500. Yeah, just excited. So there was a guy, and I'll give you a example. There was a guy selling Cohibus.
0: And, and the reason why I ask is because, you know, we've got a lot of listeners. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them could be interested in starting their own business. Not to even, you know, copycat or, or do, you know, the mobile cigar uh, business. But it's important for them to understand that, you um, these scam artists are real and th- th- these type of things happen. Here's a, a, a valuable lesson. And that's kind of the way I would look at it. Like a, you know, a college credit, if you will. Um, and we all going to make mistakes when we're first starting off in business and it's okay. You can recover, you can rebound and, and you learn, right? It's better to learn now than it being a $10 million loss in income right? or revenue. Right? Right. So if you don't mind bringing us peeling back that curtain and going behind the scenes, so uh, our visionaries and you don't have to give exact figures or anything like that But just kind of give you know share that personal anecdote
2: with us. Yeah, so I don't know Are we talking about the mistakes or just yeah. in general?
0: You know when you gave that X amount of dollars away and how you lost it How did that how did that situation
1: unfold?
2: Well, the first thing is me and the guy was talking for about three weeks Going back and forth back and forth kind of dwelling and dealing with prices negotiating So I was like, okay, he's been pretty consistent, right? This was for us Cohiba cigars. So I was like, okay, it was 250 a box and he was gonna give me two boxes for the same price. So I was like you can't beat that so me not really knowing the, the the social media game everything I do is typically through cash app right send money receive money not not knowing you can't trace it you know once it's gone it's gone banks can't even do anything about it. So yeah I went ahead and sent him 250 and then another 250 because I decided to get two more boxes the same day so it was like two transactions within maybe an hour. And he talked to me, hey, I'm going to send your tracking number. We talked for like three days after that, and then nothing. Absolutely nothing. No product. Nothing. Deleted his social account. Couldn't even find them. Because when you DM and Instagram, you know, that conversation is still there. Gone. So he shut down everything. Everything. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Really? The second one was someone was selling the um, the White Hennessy. Same deal. Cash app didn't pay attention to it. I'm like, okay, I can get six for how much Two fifty. Okay. Go ahead and send me, send me two cases, $500 upstart well, right there. So mm. that was the last, the last time. So my second time, would they say first time shame on, on you or me? Second time. It ain't gonna be no third time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that actually, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of doing some entrepreneurial stuff and opening up some businesses, this and a third. Um, and I got hit like that too. I was just fortunate enough in which the vendor that i was trying to use just sent bad product but they owned up to it you know what i mean they 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 owned up to it they gave my money back on that but the the original launch date from what i had planned was completely missed like wasn't even close so we're talking six to eight weeks after when i wanted to you know originally launch and so but like I said before, it's all college credit, right? You're just learning. And I'd much rather learn like that because guess what? It's never going to happen to me again. And I guarantee you, you're not going to go through Cash App or Venmo or something like that through uh, social media either. Right. So, yep. you know, it's all lessons learned. But that, that's good stuff for our visionaries to hear. Yeah. I'll and tell then- you what. I want to do this. I want to hear more about your come up. But um, first, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this
2: this is Quentin Wright owner of the lounge on the Ave mobile premium cigar and wine company for any event that you're trying to plan if you want to enhance it doing something different maybe you just want to set apart or make a statement then TLA cigar and wine company is for you whether you want a personal menu catered do you want to taste some wine Or do you want to smoke some premium cigars being the first time or for the experience? Again, TLA will bring any event to the next level.
1: Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast with uh, Quentin Wright, the owner of the Lounge on the Ave, the mobile cigar uh, and and, and wine caterer, uh, I guess is is a cool word to use. Quentin, you just mentioned a gentleman named Frankie uh, offline, who you said was has really been a help to you in regards to you helping you not necessarily get on your feet, but just showing you like kind of the, the ropes as, as you progress and as you continue to build. So what are some of the things that Frankie's helped you out with?
2: Well, it was really uh, the one conversation that we have. So in case you guys don't know who Frankie is, uh, he goes by the name Frankie Cigars. He has the uh, Felipe uh, Gregario cigars, which comes from Dominican Republic. Um, basically, he reached out to me, asked me, you know, what was my concept? Did I have my business plan? Things like that. Right. So then he told me, OK, so this is the way you want to slide when you sell certain cigars. First of all, you have to have a price point that's not far reached, but you want to be exclusive. You don't want to be accessible to everybody. So that's where the whole OK, we can set the events up, come from, because now the only way you can get access to the lounge is if you're at this specific event. Versus just, oh, I'm just here at this venue every Sunday or Saturday, you see me all the time, I'll catch him next time. No, I'm a one-time thing, you gotta get me there. He also told me as far as how to order cigars. You know, basically what my inventory, what size humidors that I have to keep them, those type of things so that way I'll never run out or I'll never be over and ruin the product. So just just a little kind of like input, helped me, things that I didn't know. The nuances. Yeah, the nuances there, So. so.
0: I mean, how valuable is that to just get a random stranger to somewhat mentor and guide you you know, while you're on your come up
2: man, it was amazing, because then when I sat there and googled him, this guy <laughs> this guy's in the top 10 in the world of wow. cigar sales <laughs> excuse me so that just touched me just to say, Instagram thank you, thank you IG for, for putting this together, like, people
0: never know how the, you know, the impact of social media and what it can do for you if you're active, if you're posting good or relevant content, how it can literally change your life. Yep. So, I mean, what other lessons have you learned in this, you know, short rise that you've experienced over the last, you know, uh, seven, eight months?
2: Well, I would say the biggest thing, uh, honestly, Ryan, is going to be the, uh, the patience and just collectively and calculate my moves, not just making moves just because it sounds good or because it feels good literally having a direction to go to and having an end result that's already seen before it's seen, if that makes sense.
1: I got a question, right? Mm -hmm. So you're essentially the the cigar lounge or the cigar bar on wheels, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, people have reached out to you and said, Hey, this is a really cool idea. But have you received any, for lack of a better word, pushback from like the big box stores or whatnot? Because if I'm hearing this all correctly, you're essentially in competition with like your big time cigar lounges like you know we won't say anybody's necessarily you know brand names whatnot that you know we all know but you're essentially their competition and you're doing things the right way eventually you're going to become a thorn in their side have you received any like blowback from that from that side of the fence yet
2: i actually have and uh you know i love my my botls and my sotls i love them to death but the traditionalists didn't think this was a great idea
0: what's a b-o-t-l and an s-o-t-l for those that, that don't know
2: oh, yeah i'll kick it out. brother of the leaf b-o-t-l and sisters of the leaf s-o-t-l so i'm sorry and put a hashtag in front of that typically yeah, no so. problem you good <laughs> but uh the traditionalists you know they knocked, they knocked the idea i actually went to several lounges to get a an idea and some examples of business not stealing customers or trying to see what they're doing but just uh a handle of the business of the cigar world and i was literally turned around they laughed some of them was just like dude that's never gonna work oh man you got to do this on your own you got to like one guy went to um a uh sunday day party or whatever and he's been in the business for a minute he does what i do you know that's what i do he's like i'm the first one to do this nine years ago so what can you give a young brother to help out man you're gonna have to figure it out on your own that was his words and then turn around and asked me to buy a cigar wow Ooh. yeah I said, you wanted them cats, right? I said, okay. So I just literally, uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, books, studying, talking to people like Frankie outside of the industry, just, just basically coming in a, in a totally different degree and direction and just bringing what I've learned from business world into the cigar world to run this mobile business.
0: So where do you see this mobile cigar and wine industry going? Not necessarily your business, but eventually, you know, the guy had said before that he was—we'll call him first to market, right? Nine years ago, but we'd never heard of you, right? Here you are starting to really make some some moves. What do you see? I mean, obviously, there's going to be more that are going to enter into the market. How do you see this industry expanding?
2: Well, the way I see it, it's it's going to become necessary for even the box stores to survive. Because right now, if you think about it, and you guys hang out at lounges, how many times do you go on a Friday night or Saturday night where you have to pay to get in? Because they have an entertainer there. And the reason why they're doing that is because they're not making profit because of the administration of what they're doing. So, I mean, it's a business thing, I get it, but more folks are gonna get into the boutique mobile business because now they can go directly to the consumers versus having the the consumers depending on them to come directly to them. And if they don't, they're gonna lose out.
1: It's a funny concept in regards to like thinking the lounges that we go to, the places we go buy our cigars. If they're not careful, Quinn's going to wind up really putting a dent in their pocket because he just basically did the research and used his skill set to really like think all of this out. It's pretty cool to think about. Um, born and raised in New Orleans, right? Uh, like I said, your first experience with a cigar wasn't necessarily the best experience. And, and now you're the owner of the lounge on the Ave. When did you know this was going to work? Like, Everyone we've talked to uh, on the Vision Lab, they've all had somewhat of a, a, a light bulb moment, if you will, like, oh, hey, like it click, like, okay, I can do this, or this is how I'm gonna, I, I see this, I'm gonna do it this way and it, and it works. What was your light bulb moment?
2: I tell you, my light bulb moment, it wasn't the, the idea or the creation of the the name or anything like that. It was really when I finished the business plan and I sat there and looked at it and I, I wrote the business plan from scratch. It took me three weeks. And I literally read it over verbatimly again. And once I read it for like the third time, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is this is it. Did
1: you I mean, run it by anybody or no. you just hold on to it? and Like, you know, what? I think I'm honest. I'm not I'm not letting this out the bag for
2: anybody. Nope, nobody. Knew.
0: So you wrote a business plan, but you didn't get a loan. No. So tell our visionaries why you would write a business plan.
2: Well, basically, the business plan for me was to help me with my blueprint of the business, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to portray to the community. Um, the purpose of the business. And this is really, again, it's for me. So that way, days, it's it's tough. When it does, I can go back and look, okay, this is the reason why you wanna do this. How are we gonna get there? Okay, A, B, C, and D. What type of inventory do you wanna have? This, this and that. So it really keeps me grounded and focused on what I need to do. Because again, I'm not just, and my motto right now is I don't just sell cigars, I provide an experience. I don't wanna be like everybody else. You know, I don't wanna just be, oh, we can get a cigar from him. No, I want folks to be like, man, this event was fantastic. We learned something, you know. I I actually know that cigars are made out of three parts now, you know. It might not be major, but for that newbie, I know three parts. So it's it's the experience that I offer, and that's really what I get excited about. And that's why that business plan is important to me.
0: And so when you when you break down uh, what you said just now, you you mentioned something that I, I kind of tapped into, and that's. Not everything's gonna go as planned right you're gonna have some failures I think a lot of times we hear people say that but what does that really mean what does that really look like
2: well I'll tell you I did an event where I didn't charge a deposit okay. for the first time just did it you know hey we're gonna do was that carte. was
0: that your first event ever or no
2: this was my third okay my third event the person was telling me oh you know we're a little cash trap, but we can do this so I'm like okay guarantee me at least a certain amount of sales, I'm there, no problem, right? Went ahead and booked it. I got there, so two cigars. Wasted three hours. Made about 25 bucks, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Oh man, what's the the normal deposit? Uh, Typically, it depends on the size of the event. Okay. So there's always gonna be a guarantee, so I'll give you an example. 10 or less is $25. 10 to 25, it'll be $50. Anything up past 25, typically 75 and up. So the guarantee is this, if you pay me, this amount, but you can guarantee me these sales, then you're going to get the lower deposit. But if you can't, then you have to make the difference up. And that's in the contract. When when I send it to them and when they sign it, law is law, right? So if I tell you $75 for 250 folks or 300 and more people, okay, so the $75, that's the deposit non-refundable, but then you also have to guarantee a minimum of $250 in sales. So if I sell 200, then the person that's running the event owes me 50 bucks to cover the difference. Now, if they do wine package, that's that's a whole different thing.
0: Okay, so you just opened up something else, wine. Why do you have to have a liquor license to travel with, you know, um, cases of wine that you're going to essentially be distributing?
2: Yeah. So the license, no, to serve you need a handler's license. Uh, uh, What is it? The the liquor license to serve. So I have actual servers that are licensed. I don't deal with that part. Uh, So
1: uh, TABC certified, TABC certified.
2: And and the way that I do that, honestly, like I said, I go out a lot. It can be a restaurant. I would be talking to the bartender. Hey, what you doing Saturday at such and such? You want to make extra money? Some tips, you know anything about this? I can teach you real quick. Okay, cool, come on in, let's talk. So we'll meet up the day before or the day of, tell them how to dress, how to come prepared. And they can come and make their money. So I don't even, basically I'll purchase it and I let them do everything else. That's dope. Yeah.
0: And that way you don't ever really have to worry about having your own liquor license or being TABC certified or anything like that, right? And then plus or it's licensed. not liquor, it's
2: wine. So there's like a huge, people don't understand, wine and beer on Sundays you can buy, Yeah, liquor you can't. So it's a totally different ball game when you deal with wine. So that's specifically why I chose the wine to do that. Now there's been some people that asked me, to serve their liquor they'll buy the liquor I stay away from that because if someone gets too drunk what are they gonna do the lounge on the half was there serving liquor and Now we got too drunk so not even coming after me in my business no
0: that's deep so let's talk about this did you start your business as an LLC um, a sole proprietorship what kind of
2: you know yeah. um, so I started as a sole sole proprietorship so okay. DBA right um, eventually my goal by next year January of 2020 i want to get into llc because i feel that the way things are moving now i would be big enough to be able to, to kind of get that llc and fall under the tax brackets and do what i need to do right there. and
0: then not be liable for johnny that gets drunk and and drives away exactly and blames you for it for sure mm-hmm. um mo what other questions i mean I'm i'm really amazed at, at this whole business concept here's a question i have for you how scalable is is this business as far as so, in other words, do, can do you see yourself franchising this out? So let's say, for example, myself, I want to become a part of this, and I want to do my own thing under your umbrella, or maybe I, pr- I pay a franchise fee, or or what have you.
2: Yeah. So, great question, Ryan. Um, of course, there are some things I can't share because I got some stuff in the bag, and I don't want nobody steal my ideas. But um, it is very scarlable. Um the way things are going right now in two years the lounge on the ave is going to be a totally different look like literally folks are going to be like what the hell like this this dude really doing some stuff so without saying too much the whole event setup is is just the the stepping stone to what's coming next and it's going to be it's going to be huge it's going to be a game changer it's going to be a huge game changer
1: ladies and gentlemen the voices uh, that you're hearing is quentin wright the owner of the lounge on the ave Uh, He's Ryan Cuffey. I'm Ryan Mosley. We'll be right back uh, on the Vision Lab podcast.
2: Hey, yo, this is Quentin Wright, owner of the Lounge on the Ave Mobile Premium Cigar and Wine Company, and you're listening to the Vision Lab podcast with Cuff and Mo.
0: Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast, where we've got the owner of Lounge on the Ave, mobile premium cigar, wine and company. Mr. Quinton, thanks again for, for joining us, and thanks again for the the, the Baccarat. This is very good. Um, I'm I'm certainly enjoying it. Mo, are you enjoying your stick? Thoroughly. So I, I want to go into um, your business a little bit more and talk about you know what what's your real competitive advantage outside of being able to travel from location to location. And, and creating an experience uh, like none other.
2: So the events that we we provide or that we do, you know, it's all tailored specifically to that event. And I'll give you an example. Um, say if you're decide to get married, you want to invite TLA to come over, uh, the lounge on the Ave, then we can make bands for your cigars as well as the wine bottles to commemorate that event. And that's something you can cherish for yeah, the rest of your life. For sure. You know, um, we can provide different colors If you want, like, a specific theme, um, we actually package together cigars where we can make designs. If you want cigars to look like a birthday cake or if you want it to look like uh, a humidor, you know, I can actually design that with the cigars without damaging the product to where it's more of like a talking point and people can take pictures around it and also smoke the cigars. That's dope. That's dope.
0: And so real quickly, I want to give you an opportunity to, because you really, you know, made HeadWave, with uh social media so how can these our visionaries find you on social media
2: yeah so i'm on uh all handles except for twitter but you can find me on facebook under the lounge on the ave mobile premium cigar and wine co and then on ig it's tla cigar and wine co um you can reach me on my um, website i'm also on google and yelp as well so yeah
0: guys social media is real um (laughs) it's crazy because we actually have two visionaries in the building tonight with this shout out to ryan shout out to amanda coming all the way from um el paso by way of uh is it las cruces las cruces so welcome 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 to the vision lab podcast thank you for having us yes thank you so much for having us very informative
1: i'm gonna go ahead and tell like how this all happened right so like Cuff and i literally work on this or so we talk four or five times a day like it's nothing for one of us to send a text message at whatever hour of the day right and An idea pops up like we, we communicate and so yesterday i was doing some work and i checked our i checked her inbox and said hey well now this goes a couple weeks ago sorry a couple weeks ago i got a got a, something in the inbox that hey i'm going to be in in the area in a few weeks like when i get there i want to about some, some cigar places to hit up said cool no problem let us know when you get in town and we'll get you squared away so um, at, it's funny yesterday I get a message I was actually smoking a cigar too said hey uh, my wife's been sent to, to, to DFW for like three weeks we're going to be in town and just so happens uh, they're staying where we're, where we're recording at right now Um, no not the hotel but this area You know, that's a whole other conversation anyway but anyway so, <coughs> so I get a message that says hey we're in town uh I said, all right, give me 30 minutes and you know we'll talk. And like you just said, Cuff, social media is real. Um, you guys are our first official live audience, if you will. So thank you for the support. Yes. Uh, we appreciate you know you guys spreading the word. And it's funny, uh, Ryan, the third Ryan at the table, um, he's from Las Cruces. And for those of you, if this is your first episode you're catching, you need to go back to episode five um, and, and listen to the, the gentleman speak. His name is Abel Garcia, and he is a native of Las Cruces as well. And it turns out that Ryan is from essentially the neighboring, what would we call subdivision subdivision neighborhood or from where Abel's from, or is it down the street?
3: I wouldn't be able to call it a subdivision. That's not quite part of the town that we grew up. Okay. Um, however, I could say that we were a walking distance away from our hoods. Absolutely, so yeah, the
0: the power of social media Las Cruces, stand up
1: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely And and before we get too sidetracked We asked Abel, we're going to ask you guys uh, Red chilies or green chilies?
0: Both
3: (laughs) I'm going to have to go with green on that one Coming in from the south of uh, New Mexico With Hatch down the street I grew up with my grandma and my mom and my dad Everybody cooking it and burning it And you can't mess up a green chili if you try to, so green all the way for me. I'm a fan of both. I like food, so I'm gonna say both. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well,
0: guys, again, thank you, thank you so much for, you know, spending your evening tonight here with us. Uh, I want to get. I got a couple of questions for Q. Um, if I it to be a, if I'm really into cigars, and I can tell you are like. 10 toes down As Mo likes to say Is there uh, Is there a school Where I can learn About how to Roll cigars Like I want to get into The actual cigar piece Of of the business
2: Yeah actually uh, If you google Or go online You can find Tobacco University It's that simple What? Yeah Tobacco University Uh, you want to become a tobacconist maybe you just want to take a couple of classes to be certified in the smaller things or just to learn it as a as a hobby they have a lot of lessons on there that you can do self-paced or classroom-based that you can go into and hopefully they send me a check for the shout out (laughs) right shout out to tobacco (laughs) university
1: um so obviously you will be a student at tobacco university at some point in the near future yes what is your uh end goal in regards to your involvement or your future involvement with tobacco university are you just gonna are you is, is there a particular a- uh aspect of tobacco that you want to like really sink your teeth into or you want to be you know comprehensive and just know the whole process start to finish
2: okay <laughs> so going back to uh, what i was saying about the, the whole w the winning you know anything that i do i want to go full-fledged into it. Love it so not only do i want to have it for my personal knowledge but again i create experience you know, for my, for my events and my consumers and my clients. So I want to be able to give them everything. You know, I want to tell them, you know, where the seed comes from, how long it took the seed to ferment, you know, where this plant comes from, what was the great years, you know, behind this cigar. So that way they can get the full appreciation, whether again, it's their first time or for someone that's considered an enthusiast.
0: So let's bring it all the way back to um, some beginner cigar smokers and that i'm sure you kind of get these questions at your uh at your events that you're hosting um what's the best way to light a cigar
2: well it is a preference um i will say one of mine's is going to be utilizing a, a cedar chip wood uh what that is if you guys uh, have never seen it, it's just like a little skinny thin piece of cedar wood you light it with a match or a lighter, and you just burn it and light the cigar. Some people use torches, some use matches, some use uh, regular lighters.
0: Is it it's- okay to use a regular lighter?
2: Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you have to look at the the gas or the butane factor in it. You're going to get some of that flavor, which could alter a cigar depending on what type of cigar it is. So, to get a pure natural flavor, then my my opinion, I would highly suggest using one of those cedar chipsticks. So,
0: for a beginner what is the best stick for them to start on?
2: I would say something mild. Um, Nothing too heavy because you don't want to do like I did and ruin (laughs) the experience. So like a Prodermo or a Liva or just just a mild Connecticut wrapper, something that's going to be creamy or just not potent when it comes to the nicotine that's inside the cigar.
3: I would say for me... Um, if you're just starting into the, the world of cigars, maybe look into something that might be infused. Those infused flavors typically will take over the cigar and they'll uh, eliminate some of that harshness in the very beginning. Because I can say the first couple that I had, uh, they were a little rough, you know, and, and I was trying to learn how to appreciate what a cigar, smoking a cigar, was really all about. But um, with the infused cigars, it makes it a little easier in the beginning. And then as you grow, like anything else, your palate will change. And then Things start to become more enjoyable. So I have a
0: quick question for you. So if somebody was interested in actually getting the certification to become a tobacco specialist or, or attend the tobacco university, what's the typical cost for some the education for that?
2: Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's five hundred dollars uh, for the for the course, and it includes the book also. Uh-huh. Uh, they give you four months uh, to do like your self study. Before you can prepare for the test and you can take it, I want to say twice within that 4 time frame. Do you have a favorite
1: country? If, I, if 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 that's the proper term to use, yeah, that's, that's a word, good, good word, Do You have a favorite blend of tobacco?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only one that that stands above them all is going to be a cube, you know, from Cuba. But if I couldn't get Cuba, like we don't have access to it, then I would have to go with the Dominican.
0: So. My wife is uh, part Cuban, and we took a trip to Cuba uh, this year. I think about, uh, yeah, it was uh, April or May. I am not a huge Cuban fan. I, I think they're overrated. Now, that being said, I did have a hand-rolled uh, Cuban, and I, do you know the guy that has the lo- – he's got the Guinness Book of World Record for the longest um, – hand rolled cigar it's like 94 feet wow 95 feet
2: how do you smoke that
0: you don't you know I'll show you the pictures of it too uh when we when we finish the segment but yeah um I for me I'm Nicaraguan all day long and I can I like Dominicans too. Now don't ever smoke smoke a Mexican cigar like I did that on my um on my uh we had a trip to Cabo killed me Absolutely. Like my throat was dry, scratchy, coughing all night. So I stick to the to the four regions and I, I, I'd i rather have a Cuban than a Mexican cigar any day of the week.
1: Is it that Cubans aren't good or is it because for so long there are this this mythical thing out there to where people got so hyped up and they they got they got overhyped and it got to the point to where they weren't exactly what they're hyped up to be. So therefore the 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 actual efficiency of it or whatnot was kind of was kind of lost
0: well I think for me um it's just your your uh flavor profile right they're good sticks don't get me wrong they just they're just not the stick for me um so I'm not gonna knock Cubans I I just for me it doesn't do it it's kind of like you know some people like Dodge Dodge cars versus Chevy's versus uh you know Cadillacs right and they're all different so, you know that's that's kind of where I stand on that. But you mentioned Cubans, like I don't know, bro. I, I know you're the cigar aficionado, and I'm I'm in it, but not like you. But like
1: Cubans, and, I, like and I'll
2: tell you, even in Cuba, there's a lot of fake Cubans too. Yeah. So if you don't get it directly from Habanos from the plant itself, nine times out of ten, it might not be a real one.
0: So how long do cigars typically last?
2: Um, as far as
1: smoking, or just what what's the longest you can keep one, and it still still hold its hold its flavor hold its body to where you know, wh- what's long as you can keep it to before it even needs to be smoked you just got to get rid of it
2: you can actually keep a cigar as long as you like as long as you keep it in a, in a correct environment so whether you're using humidors if you're using sealed containers uh, you keep the temperature right the humidity right which should be 70 70 on both you can literally keep it 10 years if you like
1: one more time quentin as we get ready to land this plane uh before we get run off this patio that we're recording at right now um, for those out
2: there just catching you for the first time again, what are your, what's your social media handles? Okay, so you can find me on Facebook. Again, it's the Lounge on the Ave, Mobile Premium Cigar and Wine Company, or you can just put the Lounge on the Ave. Uh, Instagram, it's at TLA Cigar and Wine Co. And then you also can just Google or Yelp me, uh, the Lounge on the Ave, Grand Prairie, Texas. All right, it's the last question for you. And we ask everybody
1: who comes on the Vision Lab this, right? because this is the vision lab. What is the long-term vision for
2: Quentin Wright and the Lounge on the Ave? The long-term vision for, for, for a TLA, number one, is to leave a concrete plan and a business for my kids. Um, on top of that, I just I just, I just want to change the game. Like, I want to do different. I want to be different. And I want to be the one that, that starts the, the movement.
0: Well, Quentin, we certainly appreciate you taking time. And thank you again for blessing us with the sticks. Shout out to Ryan and Amanda for, you know, being true visionaries and coming to watch us um, broadcast tonight here on the vision lab podcast. I'm your host Ryan Cuffy alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. And you guys have been listening to the vision lab podcast. We'll see you next time.